Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. My name is Rodney Elmer. It's a Sunday. Happy Sunday. I'm here with the boys and we have a special guest star today. Um, we're going to be talking about shed hunting um, and moose and even maybe a little bit of whitetail and all the stuff that goes with shed hunting. So welcome to the podcast. What do you think, Ryan? You are normally our official shed dog. Yeah, normally I'm the be- I'm you, a shed beagle. You find probably just about the most of them, and you come right into them. And then this year, Taylor, who's behind the scenes here, Taylor Taylor ended up beating you by finding a match pair. Yeah, we haven't, he did. We haven't done that yet. Well, right. I, I was doing really good for this season, and Tara comes in with a match set, and he kind of bumped mm-hmm. me out of the running. But And yeah. then, then we introduced, and we're about to introduce the real shed man, the moose man himself. The moose shed magnet. The moose shed magnet. And... He made us all feel kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dad. Dad has. Uh, you don't know this, Andrew, but he he spends most of his time as number one wherever he goes. And this is. It's great to see him be second best at something. Yeah, yeah, it is. We'd like you all to meet uh, meet a good friend of ours. His name is uh, Angel Banano. 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 It's all right. That's right. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same difference. He's like, yeah. he's like, how good of friends could we be? Yeah. You <laughs> can't even pronounce my last name right. Yeah. How's wrong with you? He's been shed hunting a lot. He's kind of the master at it. And as far as all the people that we know in New England here, he probably holds, you know, some of the most records in the book. And, you know, he's got uh, quite a collection at his place. Yeah, I do. How'd you get started? Uh, How'd you I'll, get started in sh- shed hunting? I don't know. I was probably like 17 years old, mm-hmm. and I just started thinking to myself, well, these deer shed these antlers, and I'm just going to go see if I can find some, you know? And oh, yeah, so you started with deer. So I started with deer, yeah. and I did the deer thing until 2009. Oh, yeah, wow. So I did the deer thing for a long time beforehand, yeah. and I picked. I found a lot of deer sheds. Yeah. And my first shed I ever found was a little spike with a brow tine on it. No kidding. Oh, wow. So that was the, what it started it all for me. When I found that, I was like, <gasps> you know, like, oh my God. Can't like, be done. This is, this is cool. Like, you still have that? I you still, still have, have I still have the antler. You know? Nice. That's cool. Nice. And I always go back to it. You know, like every year I always pick it up and put it in my hand. It just fits in your hand, you know. Yep. So it was kind of a neat little memorabilia for me for when I picked up shed hunting. And, uh. I don't know. I did the whitetail thing for years. And like I said, 2009, I said, well, I want to find a moose antler. Yeah. So I started going out looking for moose antlers and it took me a little while to get the hang of it. But I went from finding these little tiny, smaller antlers to these big, you know, moose antlers. Right. And like right. when I first picked it up and I started finding them, I was like, well, there's one. And I'm looking across this cut and it was just like blah like here it is you know and it was like you know it was like 70 80 yards away and i could see it and i'm like well there's one right there so like i picked it up pretty quick because i think i had trained my eye to find that odd looking shape you know and i I just started picking them up the principles are kind of the same yeah you know and what you're looking for and the places to look for them yeah you know, um, what was your key place for finding like whitetail sheds? So pretty much yards and food, oh, yeah. like, like mainly, mainly the food and then where they traveled from their bedding area back to their food. Like that's the, the key spot was where I, I probably found 85% of my whitetail sheds at the food though. No kidding. I'd wow. say 85% of it was yep. at the food. And, yep. and so, you know, this year we've 
me and the dogs have picked up one whitetail shed this year so yep. far. Um, yep. It was a little, it's a four point side to an eight pointer. Um, yep. And I spotted it. And then my youngest dog, she just turned a year old. She's actually, she actually picked it up and brought it right back to That's me. That's cool. Yep. So, I mean, so I know she's, she's on it, at, yep. you know, just over a year old. Yeah. How like, long, how long have you been using dogs versus just like walking through the woods, trying to, trying to find them? So I've only been using my dogs, my, my oldest, um, Hutch, he's, he's just turned three. Um, so he's like three, three years and three months, something like that. He's like yep. three years old. Yep. And, um, what kind of dog? They're, they're chocolate labs. Oh yeah. Yep. yep. Full blooded labs, American. Yep. Um, and then I picked up the female, Ren. Yep. She's a year old. And uh, like I said, I just started playing fetch with her and, and having Hutch. Like last spring we went out and we we absolutely destroyed antlers in the spring, this last spring. Um, and she was with us for pretty much all of it. Oh, and yeah. so she picked it right up, you know, right. like bang. She she caught right on and knows what she's doing. Um, yeah, and she's following around a more experienced dog, and that yeah. that is a fast track. The older yeah, dog oh, yeah. helping helping teach her. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think that uh, she's from what I my experience with my other dog Hutch, and then with Ren, seeing what Ren's doing at her age, I think that Ren's going to be even better. As good or better. Yeah. I I think probably a little better. Yeah. Um, Hutch is awesome at his shed hunting like yeah. he, he knows what he's doing and he's understood it right he understands what why you're there yeah he knows what we're doing like yeah. he knows and i and i brainwashed him that when when he was just a puppy you know when i got him i first toy i gave my dog was an an antler yeah. a fresh antler i didn't give him a tennis ball i didn't give him a squeaky toy i didn't i gave him an antler and mm -hmm. let him play with an antler and then i started like playing fetch with him in the house with it and then I'd hide him in the house here and there, and then I'd go outside and stash him, or I'd throw play fetch with him out in the yard with him, and yeah. he and he picked it right up, like I mean, right. bang, you know. Right in a couple months, he really got it. He, he got it down, and, yep. and then I'd go, I'd I go up to the property sometimes, and and I'll I'll throw him in the camper to to keep him enclosed in there in the morning, and mm -hmm. I'll have my coffee, and I'll go out, and I'll take like five six antlers out. And I'll just go throw them in random spots. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, you ready? And he'll come <laughs> out of there flying, you know? <laughs> and, and so now Ren's doing it too. This, so we, she did it last year with us. And so like, I'm just saying, find the bone, you know, let's go find that bone. And yeah. they're coming back with these antlers and I'm throwing them a treat and they're, they just love it. Yeah. yeah. What's Turn, the, it turns the, into their money. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the difference between what you were able to find in a spring by yourself versus now having dogs? What do you think? Like, I, I, the numbers? I, I don't, I couldn't really tell you the numbers, but I can tell you that I've definitely, it's a game changer because I have found since I've had my, my oldest dog, I've found a lot more antlers. Yeah. Probably double, double the antlers yeah. I would say. And so that tells me that I was walking by a lot of antlers before yeah. and not even like I was maybe a 50 yards away from it and I would just walk right by it and never even knew it was there. Right. Yeah. And then someone else would come along and pick it up with a dog or maybe someone just walked onto it and picked right. it up or lay there and rock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That's cool. When is there a much difference between the areas you find them for moose and where you were finding them for deer? Do you find a lot of moose stuff in the feed areas? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I, I think a lot of the, the meaty, the medium or, uh, 
more of the medium bulls you'll mm -hmm. find in those feed areas, like their yards. Mm -hmm. You know, like the last three years, though, it's been tough because we haven't had the snow. Oh, yeah. So those moose haven't ran to those yards. So they've been kind of scattered about everywhere, just feeding wherever they, like summer in areas. They're kind of in those areas just feeding now because they don't yeah. have to run to that yard to go feed. Right. So they're kind of strewed all over the place now, the antlers are. So you're yeah. putting on a lot more miles to find the antlers. Right. Also, too, probably this is where the dogs really come into it on years where the snow isn't there and the horns are scattered. The dogs help like crazy. Oh, pick them right yeah, up. You cover them, cover a really thick area probably better, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, um, it, it's it's really cool to watch the dogs work. Like, yeah. that, that to me is rewarding because I took the time with these dogs. And this is what I wanted. I wanted a shed dog. So when right. I got my oldest, I trained him to be a shed dog. And then... Me and my girlfriend talked, and I said, well, she wanted to get another dog. And I was like, well, I'm going to train her to be a shed dog. Mm -hmm. So she's like, okay. So I trained her to be a shed dog. And now I got two. And it's like, so one's a lot to take care of out in the woods to keep your eyes on. Mm -hmm. And two is a lot more. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you're, so I, 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 I still find some antlers on my own, but very rarely anymore mm -hmm. because these dogs are just. Sweeping everything. They're sweeping everything. And I'm just like, it's hard for me to find my own antler. <laughs> oh, I like i like i'm but but then again it's the same token i'm You're feeling good about i'm feeling that. good about it because i train these dogs to do this and yeah, i'm yeah. like this is why i have you guys you mm -hmm. know yeah and they love it just as much as i love it you know yeah. i gotta say we found more of our sheds in bedding areas than we ever have at food sources yeah we don't we don't get a lot of the food sources of course maine has a little bit Some. different of escape than like vermont and new hampshire do in the areas that we are super super cut super thrash so there's feed everywhere so it's probably a little bit more about what you were saying where they're going to be spread out and you know the tops where it's nice and green and it's old growth we'll find a lot more up there because in the early in the early part and a little bit after the rut they're hanging out and some of those bigger bulls seem to drop a little bit sooner yeah you know some of the real old bulls seem to drop so you'll find ones that have like really really fat bases but they just you don't get a lot of like there's not a lot of inches to the shed, but you can tell it's an older bull. Yeah, we'll we, find a lot of those up top. We found a lot in cuts yeah. and sh stuff. Where on the they edge were feeding. of it, on the tops yeah, and right. stuff. Or, or wherever there was a little bit of a bedroom in the yeah. middle of a cut. Like if there's a cut with a bunch of spruces and stuff, you know, like an island in the middle of the cut of spruces and a place for them where it was high and dry to lay down, all the sheds were in those spots. So I, I'm, I'm sure that they, they will shed a horn more often wherever they spend the most time. For right. sure. Yeah. So yeah. like if they're in a, in a spot where they lay down, they feed in this cut, but then there's this one little spot where they just like roof over their head and they just pull in there and lay down. And I always seem to find the sheds at the lay down spots near a food source or like a backyard kind of lay down spot higher and away from things a little bit. Do you because think like, elevation? Thing, like bulls, bulls have places where yeah. they hang out and cows have places where they hang out and they ain't always the same, right? They're not always the same. I, I agree with that. Like I, I find a lot of my more mature, bigger bull antlers and spots that a lot of times you wouldn't normally go. Yep. Like, and a lot of those antlers I'm finding are in benches, like on a shelf. Secluded. Or, or yeah, and they're yeah. away from everything else. Yes. Everybody else and everything else. Yeah. And a lot of shelves and benches, um, saddles. If you find saddles that have the food source there, but right. it's got to be kind of hidden and mm -hmm. away from other people, but they always need somewhere to go. So they big bulls like escape routes. Yes. And I also find a lot of those spots, like the bull they're they like those more mature cuts 
mm-hmm. like those six foot, five to seven foot tall cuts, the, the like the whippy cuts, mm-hmm. like the hardwoody cuts with a little bit of fur here and there. Yep. But they like that better because they can stand there and not be seen. Mm-hmm. And the only thing showing is their head or in their rack, maybe, yep. you know, yep. and if they need to go, they can go and they're gone. Yeah. I mean, within a step or two, they're, they're just disappeared. And right. For a big bull to do that, that's that's why he's there because right. he knows he's got that cover and that and any travel corridors between them, like two or three benches and the the runways between. Uh, yeah, you know, and especially if a runway was bony, where where it was it was up and down a little bit. Um, we had a whole bunch of them, um, especially that were like several benches on a mountain, just boom, 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 all all staggered from each other. And then a couple, three big either skid trails or like where a buncher drove through or, or the moose had a trail there. And wherever it was kind of rough, I always looked on those pretty good because if the bull was ready to shed and he ran from one down onto the other, he'd go down through those trees and shaking and boom, and they'd fall off. And sometimes they were in those runways, you know, those little skid trails can connecting those benches and oddballs lay down spots exactly there's a lot of spots that like i'll find an antler in one bedroom i call them there's bedrooms like Mm -hmm. so like i said they haven't really been to these bedrooms the last few years i mean they've been there but they don't hang there you don't have to they don't have to because there's there's just the snow's not there they don't have to go to their yard but if you go to one bedroom and you find an antler like maybe half a mile away there might be another bedroom so Mm -hmm. i'll follow those go bedroom to bedroom like if i find one antler here in this bedroom then i and i know there's another bedroom not far away i'll go to that other bedroom right. on that trail yeah and look and, and, look. and then yeah. if i get to that other bedroom you know sometimes i find the match right. you know half right. a mile away or yep. even a mile away i've found them before the match to another wow. antler yep. you know yeah sure but it's just when when the when everything works out, when the snow's deep and they have to go to those bedrooms, that's where they are. Right. There's no, like, like we, we've been saying this, there's, there hasn't been the snow. Right. So they're scattered right the, now. The other thing that can make them go to those bedrooms or the more secluded spots on a steady basis, if they get disturbed a lot, right? If there's snowmobilers, if there's people shed hunting, um, people deer hunting, you know, if they're in the, that time of year when their horns are falling off, like late season muzzleloader kind of stuff, if they get disturbed much, they have to go back to them places just to get away from people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times high. And we, we found a boatload at like 2,500 feet and higher, yep, really like, high you know, in any place that where the hill was kind of soft, big, soft, easy with good size wood in it. Right. You yeah. Know, more the, mature the, stuff. Yeah, yeah. A little bit more bigger trees. You know, the size of the trees always seem to matter much and the dryness of the ground. If it's super wet, they won't lay down there, but they'll feed there. Exactly. Right. So there's yeah. a ton of sign. You see tracks, you see manure You and there's feeding, you know, browsing everywhere. And you say, man, this is a good spot. And I get into that spot and it's all wet and sloppy and it wants to come halfway up my boots. Get I'm out like, of there. Yeah, that's no good. But let's find the highest, nicest, driest ground next to that. Right, so all you got to do is move over, move uphill, two hundred yards into the the bigger wood, a little drier, with a little bit of a roof, and wham, and there's a horn. Right, that mm-hmm. that has always been our deal, and most of ours, we've been finding where they bed. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it's a lay down spot somewhere secluded, or something to do with a cut somewhere where there's food. Or like yeah. he was saying, it's the transition points between. Mm-hmm. I found a lot like on moose trails between, like you said, the, their bedding area and their feeding area. Like I'll find a, on those strips. Yeah, I found a lot through there. 
Um, when you have your dogs out, do you use like GPS collars to help kind of keep track of them or nope. are they really good about staying close to you? I, I got them. So they stay pretty fairly close to me within, you know, 50 yards. I don't like them going any further than that. And if they start doing it, I'm like, Hey, what, you know, what are you doing? Right. And sometimes they don't respond because they might be on something. And if they don't, like I go, yeah, I get like, right over there. I get right over there and I'm like, so, what do you, and I start their attention. Yeah. And so I start saying, so what do you got? Like, is there a bone over there? And, right. and if they don't respond to me and they're headed, yeah. there, there's something there. Right. And if there isn't, they should respond to you and come back your way. Keep track of them in moose woods. Yeah. Right. You don't oh, need yeah. a moose killing them. No. <laughs> right. Well, right. it's you funny because uh, one year I was, uh, when I first had Hutch, it was his first year out in the woods with me and we'd shed hunted all spring and it was, and it was getting towards late, later end of the uh, spring. And we were walking along through this spot. We hadn't checked this one little, strip that i wanted to check and we're walking up through there and hutch was out in front of me running around and all of a sudden something caught his wind and he turned on a dime and headed to the right and i'm like what is he doing and i walk over there and here he is walked up there was a moose laying there in its bed it was a bull and he'd already started growing back his antlers a little bit no kidding and he, the the moose was laying in his bed laying there sleeping with his eye with his eyes closed his Jeez. ears pinned right back yeah hutch walked right over to that moose and he was like inches from his nose sniffing him and i'm like hey i started hollering at him like get over here come on like get over here you need to get over here now yeah and he's looking at me like well there's a moose right here and i'm like no (laughs) get over here so he finally he he like turned and he came back over to me and i was like in a panic a little bit because that moose he get up and start thrashing you know stomp your dog stomp my dog and um, so he came over to me and i grabbed a hold of him and the moose snapped out of it yeah. And like came to him and was like, wait, 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 what's going on here? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and he opened up his eyes, his ears pinned up and he was like, wait, and he looked over at us and his eyes got huge and he got up out of his bed and he ran. And I was yeah, like, wow. nice. oh my God. Nice. Yeah. Lucky. So, yeah. And you want to watch for that all the time. The other thing I worry about with a dog in the woods is porcupines, right? You know, if there's mm-hmm. one on the ground someplace and the, the dog can't help it, there's something about porcupines. They at least want to sniff it. Yep. You know, and porcupines don't run too fast. So they get right up to them and they go, bunk, and they stick their nose on them. And next thing you know, you or they turn eight, around. Eight quills this, in their nose. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. Or porcupine they, turn, yeah. around, turn around and slap them with their tail. Right. Just give them a little bunk. And then, oh, 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 luckily, oh, luckily, I haven't ran into that problem yet. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So, or my, skunks, too. Uh, my, my first golden retriever, I taught her to do it. And same thing. She, she run right up to that porcupine. And she just went easy with her nose and just kind of sniffed it. And it just went like this. And she got like eight of them in her nose. Yeah. And she came kai and back to me and i pulled him out oh she didn't like that but i got him out of there and i always worry about that a little bit when they're in the woods that and rolling in manure yeah your dog can't help it they want to roll and stuff how do your dogs react to like the moose and deer and everything so so i think the i hate that the 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 moose they don't really roll in it they don't they go over and sniff it like if it's fresh they'll want to pick it up and yeah. <laughs> chomp one down maybe but yeah. i'll holler at them and they they know but i they like the deer turds better than anything yeah. i think yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's like man it's so i always i'm always on my toes like when i'm seeing them do something like that like i get over there right off yeah, like, yeah. and yeah. I, I tell them hey new another good yeah. reason to keep your dog close to you yeah right Yo, yeah. yeah and keep keep them within i i wanted them to work around me yeah mm-hmm. i always like don't wander off too far so Stay it's been away. it's definitely been tough for me with this second dog this is my last spring was my first spring with the second dog and mm-hmm. then i did a little bit this early on this year um and recalling I, a dog is easy when it's one 
versus two probably yeah when you got two and you want to bring them back because sometimes they get on they they work off from each other right one's like hey wait let's go over here and the other one's like okay let's go over here and i'm hollering at him saying no and the other one's still egging the other one on so yeah (laughs) yeah, so sometimes it's you got to really put your foot down and be like get over you want to you almost want to work on recalling them more than on training them yeah right because you want your dog always to come to you and like what you were saying if they come into a situation where like hey there's a moose right here dad and you're like you can get over here so you don't get stopped yeah you know that's where they're recalling them back for their safety and for yours too i would imagine oh yeah um Um, is there a time of year when you don't want to go not really i mean you can find an antler any time of the year right that's that's the other good thing about a dog yeah because like they could find them in the ferns where you would never see the thing the dog can go in this brush pile right here yeah like and find it it's it's pretty funny like when i got my my first dog like i said he's three now so like now when i go with him i can like instantly when he find when he's on an antler like i can just tell by his body language now like it's like he his he it totally changes his demeanor Mm -hmm. like just totally changes and i'll say what do you got you on a bone and he won't look at me you got something what do you got you got one and he just doesn't even look at me he's just getting the wind to get the direction and once he has it like sometimes i have to run after him beelines yeah like he just beelines so i'm like running after him through the woods and the second year i got i had him I actually started putting orange on him because he's dark, dark brown. Right. He's that chocolate he's, color. He yeah, blends he's chocolate in. and he blends in. So I couldn't see him 20, 30 yards away sometimes. So I right. had to put the orange on him. Yep. So now when he gets on that scent and he's he's headed, like I at least have something to see. Uh, when, through right, a lot through, farther. Yeah. You can see way farther. Way and, further. And like you were saying, when he's in some thick brush, you can see that orange through the brush. You it, might not see him, but you'll see that flick of color. And, right. And you know it's him. It's oh, not some critter or something. Yeah. And, right. and a lot of the times, it's funny, is is he'll be on something like that, and we'll, I'll get over there, and I'm still like 40 yards away, and he's standing there like looking at me with his tail going, and, <laughs> and he's like, right here, Dad, you know? And, I, and I'm looking over at him, and I, I, I don't even see, I'm like, you got one? And he's just looking at me, wagging his tail, and I'll get over there and, and there's an antler there it's like yeah this is awesome yeah. you know do they find like a lot of moose skulls and vertebrae and stuff like that they they find bones i did tr- train them with bones like antlers is what i mainly did right. but i did throw in some like moose bones here and there skulls too or something. Yeah, yeah just yeah just to kind of because you might find a deadhead you know like right. and you right. want them to go to that too you know right, right. And, and and naturally a dog's gonna want to anyway yeah, yeah. No, anything well. dead, nice, nice any, and gross. Yeah, something nasty. They go right to it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I Have found you, I found quite a few um, bulls with antlers. Yeah, you know, we found a bunch of them. Moose had died before they shed their antlers, and found a bull skull with the antlers still hooked to it. I found a few of them. Yeah, yeah. but like in the state of Maine, you have to be a resident in order to keep those. Like you can go up and grab a shed if you find a shed out in the woods that's not hooked to a skull. You can just take it home. But if you're if you find a skull with antlers on it, you have to let the war- uh, the area's warden know. You get a permit for it. Yeah, and, and then he gives you a tag for it once he get, investigates it to make sure there wasn't like foul play, someone didn't shoot it and leave it or yeah. shoot a lot. Like a lot of times in Maine, like of course moose are herd animals, so they hang out together. So if you shoot one and shoot another one, you have an accidental shooting, and then you have two dead moose and stuff like that. Yeah. But, so I, I've actually found over the years, I found four deadhead moose bulls mm-hmm. that yep. and uh two of them were smaller 
uh, and one's a 165-inch bull that I found dead. Wow. And it had wow. been laying there for probably, uh, I'd say, at least a year. Wow. You know, so it was a little faded up. A porcupine found it and chewed here and there a little bit on it. Um, yep. And yep. then uh, two years later, I actually found like a 135-inch bull, too. Wow. That a bear had found one side of the, the paddle and, and chewed it pretty good. But, yep. Yep. And that was in Vermont. So, I mean. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest shed you ever found? My biggest shed is, is was actually last year, and it was a 73-inch antler. Wow. Yeah, Holy that's a big one. crap. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, you take 270-inch on each side plus, like, <laughs> 50 or 60 heavy. inches across, right? That's going to score pretty good. Oh, yeah, wow. it's, it's oh, close yeah. to 200 inches. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I found both sides, actually. So one wow. side 73, the other side's just shy of 70. Ain't that something. So, that is nuts. Yep. So then you add the 50-inch or 55 inches in between there. and Yeah, it's turned into quite a sport. I mean, people love it. People are, like, so when I started doing it at 17, mm-hmm. I'd walk into these woods, and there wasn't a man track a person track in sight anywhere yeah, yeah. now you go into the woods and there is people everywhere everywhere looking, everywhere for, him. looking for him you yeah. know it, it it definitely yeah. has came into its own yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure that's it. too with the with more people doing it that's where the dogs probably came in a lot because like you were saying like you know you might not you might not be able to see it but the dog can smell it yeah and they can smell it like of course, we were talking about this before we started, but like moose antlers have their own particular odor, especially when you find them out in the woods before they can dry out. And I'm sure with the dog, they can smell that way better than we can. Having dogs has been a big game changer with the amount of exposure to the oh, sport. It definitely has. And like, so I didn't have a dog when I first started looking for sheds until, like I said, three years ago. And I started right. looking for moose sheds in 2009. So, yep. so it had been a few years. And other people that I knew had had dogs. Oh, have yeah. had them and they're finding antlers and i'm just like oh man. and i go into spots and there's man tracks and dog tracks and yeah like, and you know and yeah, i'm yeah. like but they don't find them all so right. don't right. let it's, it's hard so right. don't let that discourage you if you're out there looking and you see man tracks or you see man tracks with dogs because i've been in those spots and seen where a dog never even picked up on the scent the wind might have been wrong when they walked by there oh, yeah. and there's an antler laying 40 yards from their track and, yeah. it, and it had been laying there before they'd walked through, like mm-hmm. yeah. when they walked through there. Yeah. I don't know how many I stepped on. I didn't even see them. I stepped on them. And the guy behind me says, uh, dad, you stepped on a horn and the thing pops up when I step on it. And he's like, uh, he's walking behind you me. You stepped over like, a bunch too. Yeah. Stepped yeah. right completely over. You did it, that right? three times. I think three times this last season in, we in, were hunting together. Yeah. I did it a while back. Um, like maybe 10 years ago and that was a really you, huge you, one. That was a big one. <laughs> I, you, like, I usually hell? find one that you stepped over on at least once a year. <laughs> I hate it when he's behind me because I'm like, did you find a horn? Right. Every time he veers even three feet from me when he's walking behind me, I'm like, I want to push him out of the way and go get it. <laughs> Isn't he supposed to be deer hunting? <laughs> I am. I developed a system. So what I do, I I don't focus on, of course, when I'm, when I'm looking for sheds, I'm not to, I'm not typically on a track. Like if I'm on a deer track, I'm focused on the deer and I'm, lo- I'm not looking for sheds. Occasionally I'm like the deer have stepped, stepped right by one and I see it there. So I'll mark it my GPS. And then if I don't end up getting the deer, I'll go back or I'll go back and get it later. But, um, what I do, especially when we have bare ground, like early season, um, and I'm just kind of still hunting, I'll walk for a bit and then I'll just stop and look, look for game, look for deer first, look for moose. And then while I'm still standing there, then I'll look for sheds. And then I'll go some more and then 
especially when it's hot out, nothing's moving, everything's on its feet, nothing's on its feet, everything's laying down. And I'm like, well, I'm out here. I might as well look for some sheds. And I've only, the only time I found deer, deer sheds were in uh, Ontario when we went to Canada. But um, Taylor's found a couple antlers, whitetail. Yeah, yeah. just the, I found two. I found one that was pretty much just chewed to nothing. It wasn't, wasn't worth nothing. And uh, then I, dad shot last day in New Hampshire, I want to say how many years ago it was, was Rockpile Buck was a million years ago. But uh, we were way back and Ryan and I were just, you know, cross country as soon as he came on the radio and said he shot it. And it was kind of bare ground-ish, just hunting in the leaves. So we didn't have nothing to work anyway. So we were kind of hammering to meet up with him. And I found a, I think it was a four point, yep. a nice four point half, nice white, beautiful. Good shape too. Nice one. Yeah. And I think I had found, oh, a, I was I had a, found a moose shed prior to you finding that one. Yeah, we were on it that day. That was yeah. New Hampshire. It was mid New Hampshire. Not a lot of experience hunting, not in the last little bit. Well, we've been bear ground hunting together. Right? Forever. Two of us and mm-hmm. one guy's camera, the other guy's doing his thing. Yeah. And him as my cameraman, yeah, the cameraman and he's supposed to be behind me, and I'm looking for deer, and then all of a sudden he just takes a sudden right or left. I, I just want to <laughs> turn around and charge him because he's probably got a horn in there. And he's yeah. like, Dad, you stepped over yeah. one. Yeah, right. I'll, you, I usually find between probably yeah. my, my average number is like six. Yeah, you're, half, deer, you're half dozen. Half dozen of deer season. And they're good usually. ones. Most of the time they're good ones. They're usually... I haven't found too many that were smoking fresh. I found a couple mm-hmm. that still had blood on the pedestal, and they were sticking up in the snow. You and, and fell I. off the moose and plunk. Oh, yeah. And the pedestal was sticking straight up out of the snow and still blood on the thing. Well, the one time you late, and I, late you, season, you though, pulled yeah. a Vermont tag way back in the day, and mm-hmm. Ryan and I were hunting up there, and we found a match set that day, too. The two, like, crab claw, spiny, just weird yeah, I bolt. found half, and you found the other yeah. half. Like, yeah, not it was, far. It was, like, 50 yards away. Yeah, it was he cool. Had, he had gone through some thicker stuff and like he was brushing his antlers on the trees and it fell off and that then was cool. Then dropped it a little farther late down the road. I think I sold them. <laughs> you might have sold them. He, no, Ryan's is still over there. He sold my half. Oh, I sold he his sold half. Half of a match set. <laughs> oh, that's like, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I have no idea how many we've found. A lot. Um, it, I've never counted the pile, but it's you know half truckload. We how have many? A, how many do you think you found? Yeah, we had a chandelier I, made up of them too for a while. Oh yeah. How many do you think you found? I I really don't I I couldn't I couldn't put a number on it. I really I haven't kept track. I just it's a lot. It's a lot. I just find them and all the nice brown ones I I keep. You know, like right. I don't I don't sell them. Like a right. lot of these guys make it a job and and mm-hmm. it becomes not fun then. You know. Yeah, right. as soon as you put a dollar figure on it, it can it can take the love out of it. Yeah. You know, they've they've established record books for that now. And, and, and of course, a lot of the states have have record books for sheds. And um, it's kind of turned into a big deal. Um, It gives it an extra extra incentive to go out and find something, you know, and go to it. And and you've gotten a bunch of, like, a bunch of like state record kind of stuff too right i mean you've well, got some huge stuff. I, I, not, I mean they're not state it's not a state record but they're in the record books you know right. I've, I've got I, you guys actually they meet ma- the minimums yeah you guys made me uh look this up last night so <laughs> i went home and i didn't i you guys are like you should look it up and see what you how many you have and i was like oh, okay so i went home and i was kind of surprised on yeah the number like I didn't realize how many I've actually found that made record book. So I figured it was quite a few. It, it was quite. It's quite a few. How I mean, many is that? It's forty-five shed antlers that have made the record book, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. Wow, that's awesome. What's that, your, is, that is impressive. Right. So the the is there a difference in the minimum between Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire? Do they all have different minimums for the how many inches a so, rack has to be? So or? Maine is sixty inches. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, a minimum which of is 60, a big horn, which is a big antler. 
and yep. and uh, in the last four four years, five years, right? They uh, Vermont and New Hampshire actually dropped their minimum down from sixty to fifty five oh, yeah. because of the moose population. It's just not with withholding what it used to withhold you know right and, uh, right and the horns even have kind of shrunk with the moose struggling right yeah so it's it's pretty hard to find a 60 inch antler now like yep. um but now that i've looked at my sheds and know what i have right. I, I have quite a few 55 plus antlers you know 55 yep. to 60 that would now that, qualify that now have qualified you know yep. and that's yep. like i said the number i have is 45 yeah. trophy sheds that's wow. incredible that is impressive so, so in my average at 55 inches yeah out of those 45 is 61 inch average wow wow for, wow. for the size wise so that means a whole bunch in the 70s <laughs> right. you gotta have no, a lot of high ones too a lot of high ones and yeah, some yeah. low ones right like to, to make up yeah. for the to low make ones. up for the low ones oh yeah yeah because that's that's incredible and then so like if it was the old school like like i said the last four years they just dropped the minimum down right. and so if we were doing old style with 60 inch antler my average would be I, that would be twenty four antlers, yep. at sixty seven inch average. Wow, wow. That's, that's a big a, that's antler. A so yeah, seventy is huge. Yeah, anything uh, in the seventy ballpark is huge. That's that's. But, 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 your but record seventy three. But, but my record seventy three. Yeah, is, right. is my that's biggest. A giant. Well, see, the other thing that matters too is how you score, right? Because you're getting a circumference measure at the base. You're getting a length of the whole horn to the highest part of the palm right for the length of it you're getting the width of the palm half the thickness included like on the back side right yeah and then you get an inch for every point that's as legal. well yeah so you're adding all those inches up and of course it doesn't take a great lot here or here to really or even a number of points to change how the antlers scored or how it grew or yeah like, especially those like things a, matter it matters a lot like points are like key really to to an antler score mm-hmm Got to have a lot of points. I mean, and I really don't care about score too much. I mean, right. I mean, if I happen to find a record book antler, I mean, I'll measure it and say if it's close, if it makes it, it it's a bonus, you right. know. Right. right. And and that's kind of where I'm at with that. But it, it definitely points are key to score mm-hmm. because for every legal point you have, it's an inch towards your score. Oh yeah. So if you have an antler that has, you know, 15 points, that's 15 inches towards your score. That's a lot. I mean, it's a lot when in 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 the roundabout when, yeah when you're it. only talking 60 or 70 inches 15 is a huge it, amount it's a, a huge per- amount that's a big yeah. percentage of that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a yeah. huge amount yeah. um and on an eye guard that sticks way way out far is yeah. always key too if you can i mean and that's far and few between yeah yeah i mean right my record's a cheater it sticks out there a yeah, mile yours it's is this, a big eye guard with a fork yeah on it. it's this fork with a brow palm that sticks out it's not a palm it's and that's like as self, big as my wrist right? isn't that a self-standard yeah, oh yeah, it stands up all by yeah. itself. Yeah, it's just got this huge brow brow, you know, points that do, stick out there. Do you know what your record is, Dad? Not to you know what I mean? Do you I have, have like, seventy something? Yeah, um, that, somewhere that there one too. there is seventy seventy or seventy one, seventy two, something like that. Nice. I, mean, I don't that's know. That's pretty good. Right yeah. in That's a good brow. anything yeah. anything sixty inches and nowadays is a huge antler. Yeah. What do you think your heaviest antler was? The heaviest one? Uh, I'd say right. it's probably like I don't, I mean, I don't weigh. Of course, it, 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 right? Mm. Most people don't. And of course, they usually get sold by the, the pound. Yeah. So a lot of like people have asked me over the years, well, what did that weigh? You know? And I'm like, I, I, 
I, yeah. I couldn't tell you. I don't weigh them because I don't sell them. So I don't, right. it's not really. Yeah, that big monster, um, that day I called you. Um, I got into this. This You got into a. a we a, called it the a, antler dump. This you got was into a, a big, it was a moose yard. Yeah, it's a bull yard. It's like a big bull yard where they would, the wintering corner. area. And of course, at the time, we were getting some serious snow. So it was forcing them up there. And uh, I dropped dad, I dropped you off. And it was, we didn't have snow yet. Yeah. And I dropped dad off. And then he went up on the hill and I went across the valley and up on the other side. And he comes over the radio and says, hey, uh, I'm going to need your help. I'm like, I didn't hear a gunshot. I'm like, you didn't shoot nothing, did you? He's like, no, but I found some antlers. I was like, okay, how many did you find? Oh, I found about eight. It's like you found eight. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, in like a two hundred yard circle. And he's like, and Dad's like, I need. They were planted right there. He's yeah, like, I need a, I need a sled. And he's like, I could use one of these for a sled. And I was like, oh, that must be a monster. I so, found one. I'm like, man, I could put a deer inside this thing. It's so huge. It was big. I got, I got a big. That, one that was your big. That was, I think that was That's your biggest, my biggest one. one. My record. And yeah. it took. And speaking of, we had a hell of a time getting him out of the woods. How do you carry all the, uh, your sheds out of the woods? Uh, frame pack. Yeah, I, no, that's I, a way to do. I wear a frame pack and and like so last spring I my best I'd say my best day I've had was 12 antlers in a day. Holy crap. So I took it took me two trips to get those antlers out. Yeah, it's you a know, lot. It was it's a lot. So much. So I took the bigger antlers and I I took the two bigger antlers and I carried them out in my hands and then I loaded my frame pack the first trip. That's got to be heavy. Yeah, and then I went back yeah you know later after i walked him out of there and yep. went back and did it again grabbed yeah, yeah. the other two big antlers and then loaded the frame pack and humped out of there yeah and on the way out the second trip we took a different way out and we found two more antlers on the way out <laughs> right so i wow. mean it was like 14 antlers in that day but yep. it was on the way back out on the last trip we went out just a little different way because i hadn't gone out that way or we haven't right. checked it so yeah. i was like well let's just go down through here guys and we went down through there and there was two more antlers i was like oh great <laughs> here we go <laughs> oh yeah. don't you feel awesome. so bad for me he's like oh i got two more. yeah i got two more <laughs> and, and one was actually a book antler too so i was like oh this is yeah. okay Wow. Keith and I, Keith Keith loves to go for one, uh, at least one day in the spring, right? I I don't normally look at the spring all that Like a late May trip. Yeah, he must make at least one Right when the snow's out up in northwestern Maine where we hunt. Yeah. When the snow's gone. When the snow's gone and we can get a truck in there, let's just go up. So, and we don't care if somebody's already picked it or whatever. When we go up in there and I said, I got this one spot, we got to go up and check the antler dump. And he's like, okay, so we get up there and we walk through the whole thing. And he's like, I got one and I got one. And I had already had four and I couldn't lug them anymore. I was killing my arms felt like they were nine feet long because I was carrying them things around and it's right. And I've got two together and two together on each side and I'm carrying them. And I look over and there's another giant and i'm like just ugh. right so i just throw them all down pow right and i walk over and pick that one that's a pretty nice one boom throw that one in a pile right so i i said well i'll just take a ratchet strap with me right and then i can just hook them together and hold them over my back and carry them out or whatever well that wasn't enough so i ended up just dragging this pile with a ratchet strap yeah. wrapped around them all right because <laughs> i couldn't carry it. and we were a mile and a half walk in there so it was like it was so much and it was gravel and whatnot and i put this piece of junk on the bottom this the to old, old one it, right yeah. to hammer yeah. it and i put all the other ones on top and he's like man you ought to try and carry at least you know and i said i'll carry the two big ones but the other two mm. just yeah, just, uh, 
right? So we get them all done. And I'm like, I don't even want to look anymore. I don't want to see another one because I'll have to carry that one out too. And I don't want to walk another. We walked in a mile and a half. We did like a mile and a half of circling and then another mile and a half back out. And I don't want to go back another mile and a half, grab some more and come back out another mile and a half again. I don't want to do that. I just, I don't want to come back. Yeah, one trip. Right? Yeah. 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 But we ended up just all we could lug, and we had we both same thing, mm -hmm. and and the pack was really the way to go. If you've got any kind of frame where you could tie it to it, and even if you had some extra twine and you just mm -hmm. made a stick frame yeah. and hooked them all to that, and then was able to put it on your yeah. something, have something so you can so carry it. If out. you're gonna make a day of it, though, yeah, like, oh yeah, you're how you do it with spot. a frame pack. Oh, it's a way to go. So, that, definitely the way to go. So what I do too, also another little thing I do is I bring a, like I say, a luggage, like a, uh, a sports bag. You know how a sports bag has a strap that goes with a, with two hooks that strap onto mm -hmm. a sports bag, you know, that, yep. that you throw over your shoulder. Right. I'll take that with me in my frame pack oh. plus paracord. Yep. Okay. Oh, and I, then a yeah. lot of the times what happens is with the dogs is, when I have the dogs, I have them all the time now. So this is what I do. But if I find a nice couple antlers, I have, I have to stash the bag with the antlers because the dogs get confused with the scent on my bag sometimes. And they keep coming back to me because they smell that right. antler oh. on my bag. Yeah. So when I get at least two antlers on my bag, I'll usually stash my bag. And then what I do is I hike around with the paracord and that strap and then if I find some more antlers while I'm gone in that spot, I'll just tie the antlers together with the paracord, then take the strap and hook the straps to the paracord, and then I make my sling yeah. nice. to, to carry yeah. them back. Carry back. So carry them back to the frame pack. Right. And then I'll, do, I'll load them on the frame pack, and then we'll go to another spot not far away and be like, okay, let's cover this spot, and I'll drop the frame pack, and then we'll do another yeah. loop in there in the, right. in the spot. And, well, that's what him and I ended up doing. We we get in there and we find a boatload on the mm -hmm. front side, and I'm like, we got to check the rest of this, right? Because yeah, we, we got to like, come as soon back. as you come on to something that's pretty good, you got to finish circling, right? Yeah. So we end up circling the entire mountain, and we made two more piles, and then we ended later up on ended up sheds. driving the jeep up there, made this huge pile of sheds on top of the yep. jeep. That was the heyday of moose, though. Yeah, that's when it the was. moose were there were tons, right? Yep. And it was the moose mall. We named it. Mm -hmm. There was just tracks everywhere, and it looked like it, a barnyard. It was also uh, the cow part of the yard. Yep. So um, all the, all the bulls were, were coming in to hang out with them. Yeah, but there was stuff in the back, and we had already done all the stuff in the back, and that's where most of the sheds were. Yeah. And then we're like, well, let's go down by the food and where the cows are now because we've already covered that section of mound and the yeah. front side. Let's go down there and check that. So we started circling around that. And like even then, we would go out the chutes from the bedroom area where they would lay down. We'd work all those trails going out into the cuts. Like – also, too, where the main skid trail came from the back of the cut and the skidders came down along the edge they of the woods. They use that. They mm -hmm. use that like crazy. Yeah. So we would start with that and follow each one of them down into. And if there was any greenery standing up in that cut anywhere. We check that greenery. Right, even if there's yeah. one big Out fir the tree the food. and there's a bed underneath it, you got to go over and check that fir tree. The other thing is like rubs, right? Yeah. Like rubs, any place where the moose have been pounding. And of course, they come in different ages and sizes and stuff. We found a ton of them there. So, yeah. So, w with rubs, um, if, if you find rubs, you're, you're in a, and they're fresh and it's on the snow or it's on the ground looking fresh and it looks fresh. It looks green like they just mm -hmm. rubbed it and it's, you smell that pitch. 
then he's he's right there somewhere. Or and he's thinking about or he's it. Even thinking he ain't about got the it. horn he's, off yet. He's got an itch, so he's yeah. trying to get that horn off. Um yeah. And I've I found that a lot where I found horns right underneath the rubs before. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I found laying, quite a few under rubs too. Just laying right there underneath the rub, just laying there because he had maybe he had dropped one, mm-hmm. and I noticed if they drop one, because a lot of the times naturally they'll drop one mm-hmm. without rubbing, but then they have the other one, and then they don't like it up there. Yeah. It's all uneven and it doesn't feel right, and, and then they start pounding trees. And if you find places where they pounded trees, then Yep. Be start looking. Yep. Yeah. The other thing we found a lot in, of course, people find tons of snowmobile trails, right? Um, wherever uh, a bunch of greenery comes down off the mountains and, and converges with a snowmobile trail through the middle of it, and the moose are using the cover and the less snow to move, and if there's feed around, right? And then they, they get to them snowmobile trails, and, of course, they feel comfortable in them. And if there's two, three bulls, they end up knocking horns. Right? I found that a lot, too, where they've sparred and played, and they've knocked a horn off one of their buddies, and it's yep. laying there in an open spot where they play. You yeah. Know? And you start seeing where the moose hoedown took yeah. place, yep. and yeah. they were all pushing and shoving. And even if there isn't a horn there now. There, you could go back in a week, and there might be a horn there, as long right. as you didn't bump them out of there. Yeah, or or they at least there's two, three bulls that are, that are together, and if you didn't disturb them, and they are still got their horns on, that'll be a great place to start and then look for more of that like tussling a lot of the times they go back to those spots to do that yeah like i've noticed over the years like if they play in a spot like that they play in that spot year after year they play there yeah and you'll you'll year after year you'll go there and they're they're sparring there they're playing there there's hair there there's tracks there um but what you said earlier about being in its heyday back in the day when you found the antler dump yep when I started looking for moose, it, it was at the end of the heyday. So this is where I've came. I feel like I've struggled because I've talked to I've talked to a lot of older guys that shed hunted when it was in its heyday, and those guys were telling me stories that I can't even believe. Like yeah. they're driving into these spots to log, and they're pushing moose antlers up off the road, up onto the snowbanks, just to get into their spot. And then they'd pick them up if they were good ones, and or yeah. they'd leave them, or they'd wait till spring and then pick them up. Or, there was a ton of big. There ones. was a ton of moose, ton of big ones, and everybody sold them. But when I started looking for the moose, it was at the end of the heyday. So right. from when I started in 2009, look until now, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's, it's really it tough. It's not what it was, you know. Yeah, and, for sure. And for me to have that many big antlers, you guys made me open my eyes when I looked. I, I didn't realize I had that many big no, antlers. No. And yep. for me to find that at this time of the moose, you know, like right. it, it's quite a feat for me. Mm-hmm. Also, too, um, it's a longer, harder search. Um, it's also a more scattered search because you might have only two or three, especially if you're looking for a bighorn, only two or three real good bulls in sometimes 15, 20, 30 square miles, right? There might only be one or two really good bulls. And it might be a lot of moose in general and even a lot of little fellas, you know, that are up and coming. But to find a lot of the big ones, and the small ones are hard to find. That's where the dogs probably really come into it. They really find the little ones it. a lot yeah. easier. But the, the big, huge stuff, oh, boy, those those are tough. Well, they, they, but those, they find those big antlers easier. 
Yeah, they smell. I your, mean, because yeah. they smell, they're bigger. They smell a lot more. I mean, I've followed my oldest dog 150 yards to an antler before. Wow, I that's mean, a long ways. And just running after him, you know, yeah. like you, you're on one, aren't you? And he don't even look. He's just headed, and I'm headed right behind him, <laughs> you know. And then I walk up there, and it's like, whoa, there's an antler glowing. You know? It's like just like a monster. You're like, oh my god, wow. Yeah. good boy you know big big difference yeah big difference you know like and i would have probably never walked over there right. like we found a 71 inch antler last year also that's huge that it was in this little hole like in this little thick little island of a hole mm-hmm. and if you didn't have a dog you'd have walked right by that thing yeah until a bear found it or a coyote you know dragged it out of there right. and started gnawing on it and left yeah. it in the open and somewhere. left it in the open somewhere for you to find <laughs> but you would have never found that antler if you didn't have a dog oh yeah you know so yeah. yeah what's your favorite time of year to go uh i would say my favorite time of the year to spring is great but when those bugs start coming out it, it ain't no fun yeah it, it takes the fun right out of it you know right. i mean yeah uh, my favorite time of the year is probably like mid-january Mm-hmm. you know like to, to go look because if you go too early and they're in those spots you risk pushing them out of there right but before if, they can drop but them. if you go too late someone else might have went in there or right. the snows or the snow has buried them if they've already right. fallen if it came hard i like the snow because of the contrast mm-hmm. helps them yeah, stand yeah, out yeah, yeah. It, it, it helped them stand out when i didn't have the dogs like you know you can see them you know it's like oh there's yep. a point over there like i said earlier right. in the beginning of this like when i there's one out of 70 yards away oh there's one Woo, right. there. you know mm-hmm. i mean they yeah. stick out you yeah. know in the spring when it's kind of all brown and it hasn't greened up yet and the snow is gone or it's going right the snow's starting to go or it's mostly gone and there's just patchy snow stuffer them older ones that are like a year or two old will stand right out they're, they're gray yeah, they're gray and greenish yeah, and, and white and they stand right out and you they see stink them. too yeah it's easier for you to see them so the spring is great for the dogs yeah because of the wet the stink that helps when it helps when the when the antlers get wet and and they're like say maybe an antler's buried in snow still. You got a snow patch and there's an antler in there and it's just barely exposed. Well, that if it's wet and it's warming up, that stink. Yeah. It, it makes they it, nail it. They nail it. Like those yeah. dogs are on it. They huge. find it. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah. What's the smallest moose antler you found? It was, uh, it fits in the palm of my hand. And it was just like a weird little curled, almost looks like your finger curled moose antler. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. That's yep. small. That must yeah. have been hard to find. I, I like, I was I walking on a trail and I pretty much stepped on it it was like oh there's one is that a is that an antler and i picked it up i'm like come on that that's a moose antler. <laughs> you know it looks like your finger your pointer finger if you curled your finger that's what it looks like right that's yeah. cool yeah, some little year and a half old bull yeah, yeah. just yeah yep. yep. once you find a moose shed and you get it back home what do you do to help like especially when they're like a year or two old so they're kind of mossy and they kind of they have that that moldy smell to it how do you get rid of that smell and then um like when you get them home how do you take care of them so they can like they'll last so if there's an older antler that i find that's in good shape then i'll take water and i'll clean them up with like a scrub brush or something just to get the moss or the grime or slime off from them or whatever there is just to clean them up and then i let them dry i put them in a in a trailer or something or just let them dry in a garage or just let them dry out indoors and and it's going to take you know five six months probably for that 
smell no, to, to, to go. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I don't know how many times we came back and I throw a pile on the floor here cause it was deer season and I just, mm-hmm. I didn't, didn't want them. Yeah, so I just threw them in a floor, come in the shot the next morning and oh my God, it's like, like a hundred foot locker. Yeah. yeah. 400 pairs of boots in here. Yeah, yeah. It's nasty. So I've noticed, I've also noticed on antlers is, uh, like if an antler's clean and it doesn't have a puncture hole in it, the antler won't smell as bad. Right. Okay. But if that antler has, they've been spiring and playing and they got a puncture hole in it or something, well, that thing has been, just been sucking up water the whole year. It's, it's been carrying it or you find it in the snow yep. and that antler sucks up that water and then that makes it really even stink even more. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't have puncture holes in it and stuff, like they're not bad. It'll be better. It just pretty much smells like their pitch or whatever they were rubbing on, you know, mm-hmm. it has, still has a little stink, but. Right. Not, not, not anywhere near. As yeah, nasty. not like that rotten foot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cause that, cause <laughs> cause I don't know how many times. Rot, rotten foot is a perfect analogy for how some of these antlers could smell. Oh, yeah. Somebody's wearing <laughs> per- socks. Perfect analogy. It smells like a rotten foot. <laughs> yeah. Nasty socks. Oh, yeah. We've had a bunch of old stuff there. We're, you pick it up, you look at it, you know, and we'd hang it in the crotch of a tree yeah, or it's something. It's like four years old. Like it's yeah. the palms all been chewed and it's all smashed and it's just gross. And it's like, I found eh. one, but yeah. you stick it up, we hang it up in the tree and have it be squirrel bait and they'll go after that one and leave the good ones alone. Yeah. So what I've noticed also is, uh, so over the years of me doing this is the, the, the worst critter for an antler when it, if an animal finds it, the worst critter is a bear. Yeah. I, I, I would say because they, I found antlers where they've chewed the top of that paddle. They found it, it was brown antler, big antler, and yep. they found it and they just chewed it, chewed it. And they chewed it all the way down to the base. Wow. wow. I mean, like, but they left the sides, it but it was down just the middle. right the down palm. the middle and ate the whole palm all the way down to the base. Yeah. And it like was gutted like, it. Yeah. yeah. They like, yeah. and it, it destroyed it. You're like, oh my God, that was a huge antler, but a bear found yeah. it well yeah. the material inside's a little softer and i think it's kind of greasier too yeah. you, t- you take an antler and you saw it open and there's like this greasy like soft like on the inside yeah. where it's in and i think that's a part probably absorbs the moisture and where mm-hmm. your smell would come from from the fats and stuff you know working mm-hmm. you know inside there but oh definitely yeah, yeah so like you so you can like tell it. when a bear finds an antler no doubt you can and then so like the second worst for an antler is a porcupine yeah, I think when a porcupine finds it, they chew and chew and chew, and they'll gnaw that thing and just grind the points. Yeah, off. they just mm-hmm. grind everything right yeah. up. Whatever they can get, they whatever <laughs> they can reach, they get it. Red squirrels yeah. love it. And yeah, and then and then you know the third is probably a coyote. Mm-hmm. So I say it's a bear is the worst, a porcupine, and then a coyote, and then you know the little squirrels and the mice and stuff like that chew on them too. But right. the worst is the bear yeah, by far. <laughs> you I'm, see a lot of chewed ones. Yeah. I'm sure they probably eat it a lot for the calcium. And oh. like it's, um, it's probably not as good as bone marrow because, of course, once the velvet is gone, there's no more, no more blood supply into the antler. Right. But there's probably a lot of residual calcium and fat oh, and yeah, yeah. good, good minerals and form, it, which is why the coyotes are chewing on. It's the same thing with your dog. Yeah, and and the uh, the gotta remember these bears are coming out of hibernation in this in the spring, so they're they're, they're desperate. They're desperate, so they're right. they're looking for those antlers, and when they find one, they they've They'll let you know. And there's no yeah. food in the woods. Yeah. You know, you, you, uh, Frosty uh, um, Forest uh, Hammond, the biologist for Vermont, the bear guy, he has pictures of uh, black bears right up in the top of yellow birches, and they're eating the buds just like a partridge because they have nothing else. 
Yeah, what is there to eat? Yeah, and yeah. right just up there nibbling on those buds on a yellow birch because there isn't anything else. And and the bear's up there by 40 feet, right in the top of this tree, bending it over and just eating those. Just amazing. Yeah, so in the, and, and also when I started doing this in 2009, I've noticed a lot since 2009, there's a lot of dead moose in the woods Yeah, in the spring. And, and a lot of those year and a half, you know, ye- calves to like year and a half to two year olds are dying yep you know and the and the old ones and some of the older ones are dying too yeah you're finding a lot of crash sites yeah yeah where you nothing but bones right yeah it's going on boom yeah looks like an airplane hit the ground because it's just scattered and of course all like the coyotes and the bears they pull it apart and they spread it spread the bones around too yeah Yeah, most are struggling ain't no question between the ticks and the 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 liver flukes and the lungworms and all the stuff they got going on most are habitat too there's no food for them yeah a lot a lot of things are happening right now with moose yeah and 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 i've noticed also so there if if people want to get into shed hunting you need to there there is there now there's pockets of moose Mm-hmm. it's not like these moose are living everywhere like they used to no. they're, they're not all over and that's why you don't see them as much so yeah. there's pockets of them there's places where they're they're living and hanging and then there's places they're just not there yeah they're and I, i've gone into places where i used to go early on when i first started where they were yep and now i go in there nobody there there's nobody there yep they're not living there they're not there there's not enough to withstand that spot right you know they're just not Yep. Or the place has gone by, but mainly it's because they're not, the moose aren't there. Right. Yep. Yep. I, I, we find that a lot where we are being an industrial forest, right? You have these seven to 15 or 20 year old cuts, you know, 20 years ago, they were in that cut and in the bedroom behind it in the shelves and whatever that were behind it. Um, and of course they're not there anymore. The cuts, the food has changed and now there's a fresh cut somewhere else. Right. So they just shift into a, you know, half mile away in another area and they're they're over there now right so they they move around where we are because of that industrial forest thing in vermont here we don't have anywhere near the cutting so either there's moose there or there aren't yeah like basically like and even if they were there 20 years ago doesn't mean they're going to be there but it doesn't mean they're not there now you still may have to go look and check right you end up doing a lot of looking to just find like the the right kind of sign there's all kinds of moose signs. oh yeah but there's the right kind yeah there's a lot of different there's a lot of legwork that goes into it nowadays a lot I, i mean there's spots that are good and then there's and there's spots that are there's spots that are excellent, then there's spots that are good. So you always are looking, and then a lot of times I've noticed also is a spot that was good back in 2010 isn't good anymore because the, it grew up. Yeah, you know it got too old, and they moved on to something better. Yeah, and yep. so now you have to go find where they're hanging again. So mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of legwork nowadays to find where these moose are living and they do a job on the habitat oh yeah i mean they like eat everything they hammer it. they eat and eat they are moose is a four-legged chipper and they just from one spot to the next they just eat all that brush down and and you can see tons of these like bonsai trees everywhere in maine right where it's it's a tree that's about two inches through it's got rings for 35 years some of them but it's just and it's, four it's feet only, tall five yeah, feet tall yeah. right and you can count eight different new growths coming where they've clipped it and then all the branches regrew out the side and they clipped it again and it grew out the side again and again. And it's like this little food mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. There is still a lot of spots that have been good for years 
because like you're, you're saying, these moose just keep mowing it and mowing it and mowing it. And they've kept it good. Yeah, be- for them. For them because they like that spot and they just mow it and mow it and mow it. So, I mean, there is still spots like that, but you're always looking for, I'm, oh, I'm always looking for new spots. Always, yep, yep, yep. always, always, always. The other thing too is like after a while, when you start finding them and you know the conditions you're looking for, the right amount of shells, the right amount of fur, the right amount of elevation or new cutting or stuff like that, doesn't take long. And you're able to just like look at onyx, look at, look at like aerial photographs and go right here, right here, right here, right here. And even if it's someplace you've never been before. I've used satellite imagery a ton and just brought that up and looked and been like okay right there looks pretty good now how do i get to that road oh okay yeah right over here okay and then it's the second right okay and then i go there i walk in there and bang yep antlers yeah yeah yep and like that's how i found my two biggest antlers that i've ever found is i satellite imagery this spot that Mm -hmm. i found last year well i found it two years ago yeah i deer hunted it i was looking for a deer hunting spot so i satellite image imagery it and i looked and i'm like okay right there looks pretty good and how do i get there okay and i figured out how to get there i got there i drove in there and i'm driving around going god this place looks good like god there's got to be deer in here i bet you there's a bunch of moose and well there's a moose standing there you know like <laughs> oh well there's a moose right there and, and they're in the and, same spots yeah, and, and I, I went in there and it was a muzzleloader season and i went in there and i hunted that whole muzzleloader season and i'm like and i kept bumping into bulls and there's another bull and there's a bull and it was just bulls i never saw a cow the whole time i bet you i saw half a dozen or a dozen probably a dozen bulls and i'm like man this place is loaded with bulls and there's moose trails i mean pounded and i'm just like yep this place is hot yeah and i spent a week almost two weeks in this spot hunting for deer yeah and I'm like, I need to go back to that spot and check it out, you know, right. come shed season. Right. Yeah. Well, that next season that it got done, I went back there early on in the season, shed season. Yeah. And the first time I walked up in there, I picked up a 73 inch antler. <laughs> That's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. So thank you. <laughs> so, I, and that was just like what you're saying. You, you're looking at a spot and you're like, okay, right there. And that's what I did. I just looked it up and I'm like, right there. And that's how I walked. I walked from my truck. I wasn't in the woods that day, 20 minutes. And I walked right to that antler. That's awesome. awesome. I mean, yep. it was like, oh, there's one bang, 73 inches. <laughs> Whoa, my biggest antler ever. Look at that. Like, and Can't so, wrap your hand around yeah, the base. So then I, I, I went back, you know, it was, it's over eight inch base on that thing. That's so. huge. Yeah. It's like they're magnets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it what was. I always call my hands are antler magnets. Yep. They just come to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not calibrated because it goes by you and I get it. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of fun. A lot of times while well, we'll be deer hunting, like if I find a, a shed I like, I'll take some flagging. And I'll mark it with my GPS, and I'll put a piece of flagging above it in a spruce tree, and I'll put it at the bottom of this little spruce. That way, if I don't get the deer, I go back on a Sunday in Maine pick it up. and go back and pick it up. Or, like, I'll film it and take pictures, and we call we call it the padiddle game. And I'll just, like, when you see headlights, you know, you, hey, padiddle. Yeah. We'll come on the radio and be like, hey, padiddle, I found a shed. And then we keep scoring. At the end of the day, we like, I found six. I found two. I found a match set. I beat both of you. We got more points. And yeah, yeah. It, get, it adds, especially when you bare ground. It's fun. Yeah, it adds yeah. another thing to do in the woods, and it gives you a reason to get out there. And uh, 
especially when you're not having much luck hunting and you, you yeah know, it's 70 degrees and oh yeah it's yeah. hot and miserable out there it gives they you don't run away yeah yeah the shed yeah, will they stay don't. there exactly you can make all the noise you that, want that's, the shed that, won't run away that's and what if, i love about shed hunting if yeah, they run can, away they're hooked yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. The one thing I do, I do want to ask. I know this is not in sheds, but uh, you have another record for Vermont, don't you? That's not sheds. Yeah, state records, couple no. actually. The because uh, didn't you recently shoot you? You got a record bear, didn't you? Yes, I did. And it's Vermont's not not just for weight though. No, either. No, it's for the skull also. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. With, with a muzzle loader. So you um, tell tell us how that went down. We got to hear the story behind that. that Your that, state record bear, man. That that was in September of what was that? I don't know. You mounted the deer for me, Rodney. Mm, twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, twenty one. Twenty. 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 So it was the third day of the bear season, and I I have this spot that I hunt for for just. I mean, I've deer hunted up in this spot, and I've shot a couple deer up in there over the years tracking them. I actually shot a nice buck up in there one year. Um, tracking him and shot him in his bed um and my stand isn't he walked right by my stand that day that buck did and anyway i go to that stand and it's a bear stand like i've sat in this stand for deer and i've never had a deer come by me like <laughs> it's always a bear it's How always ironic. a bear like it's a bear stand it's not a deer stand but the day i shot that deer he walked by that stand the one time the one time like are you kidding me and that's yeah. like my oldest deer i've ever got that was an eight and a half year old buck wow nice. that's an nice. old man so he was an old deer but anyway the the bear it's a bear stand yeah. because every time i sit there it's a bear like i have never had a coyote a deer nothing nothing right. but, a, but, a, but a bear <laughs> in this spot so this spot i have it's up in this it's on an oak ridge and i it's a hike to get in there it takes me like I don't know, 40 minutes to hike up into this spot, but it's worth it. Cause every time I go to this spot and it's a random, like when I go to this spot, it's, it's kind of random. Like I'm like, today's the day. So yeah. at, like out of the blue, like your senses come together sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. you're, the old vibe. You're, the the vibe going, you're yeah. like, okay, what today's the day. Let's go. <laughs> so I've walked up in there four different years now on that day. And shot four different bear. Wow. Ain't that Got something just, going. Just out of the blue, like the mojo started, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah. okay, today's the day. Let's go up in there. Whoop, bang. Shot a bear. I was yep. in the stand an hour. Like, yep. I shot four different bear out of the stand. Wow. And that year, I shot this bear. I walked up. It was one of those days. I got out of work. And I was like, oh, I'm going to walk up in there today and go check it out. Just today's the day. So I, And it's a hike to get in there. Like I said, you got to hike up. It's a half-hour hike to get in there. Yeah. I got up in there. I got up in the tree stand. And... God, it weren't an hour and a half, and I hear something, and I turn, and I look, and I see this bear walking across the top of this ridge. Like, it's just, like, the hill goes up in front of me where I sit, and uh, there's, like, a shelf right there where I sit. It's, like, the only crossing on this mountain where I sit to stand up. It's, like, a natural crossing, and it goes straight up in front of me from there, and I look up on there, and there's a bear walking across the top of it, and I'm like, oh, God, that that looks like a bear. So I pulled up on my muzzle loader and I'm, yeah. uh, this is a muzzle loader that I'm using. Wow. And I pull up with my muzzle loader and I'm like, God, that's a bear. And I'm like, God, that looks like a big bear. And I've had big pictures of big bears up in this spot yeah. and a lot of little guys too. But mm -hmm. one year I had a picture of a big bear and, uh, but I've always shot like 130, 140 pound bear out of that spot. Yeah. Told, which is average for which, us. Yeah. That's an average bear. Yeah. yeah. For Vermont. Yeah. And, yeah. Like I said, one other year I had a good bear. I was probably 300 
plus pound Whoa. bear on my camera that I had there that year. And I went in there and I shot that smaller bear. So I was like, well, anyway, <laughs> care of that. yeah, I'm like, well, what I do that for? <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, I'm in there and I see the bear. And so I pulled up and I'm like looking at the bear and I'm like, God, that's a big bear. I'm like, I mean, I, I just, it wasn't a question that it was a big bear. Like I just yeah. pulled up and that bear was walking real slow and he put his, he picked his head up and he kind of looked down the hill at me and I was like, okay, that's him right behind the shoulder and pow. I like, I didn't even think twice about it. I just pulled up and shot this bear and all of a sudden I just see him take right off and crashing and thrashing down over this bank and he went out of sight and I'm like, I, I just... Did, I, I couldn't believe that just happened like i was I just, like i just did what i came here for. i was like did i just shoot another bear out of this stand today like so I, all of a sudden like it didn't even take i'd say two three minutes and that bear just started death moaning like you know doing their death moan and i'm like oh i got him I got that bear. I got that bear. I'm re I'm up in the tree, like <laughs> reloading. reloading my gun. Like, okay, okay. I'm like, I, th I think he's down and he's death moaning, death moaning. Then it like went silent. And I'm like, that's good. I think he's down. Yeah. I think, I think that bear's down. And I'm talking to myself, you know how it goes. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. We I'm all by do myself. It. You know, we I all do it. Yeah. I didn't have anybody with me. And I'm like, I think that I got right on my phone. I'm like, Hey, Heather, she was up at the property. I'm like, to my girlfriend i'm like hey uh she's like did you get one and i'm like uh yep i was like you need to go get the jet sled go get the jet sled go get my old man and meet me down by my truck and i'm up on this road okay she's like okay so she went and got my old man i left i didn't even walk over there <laughs> i climbed down out of this tree stand and i walked all the way back down to the my truck to meet my father and 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 heather holy smokes so I got, they've met me and I'm like, it's a big bear. Like this, this thing is a good one. This is my best bear I've ever got, you know? And so we walked, we all, we all walked back up into there. And my dad had a bung arm at the time. He had uh, tried to start a chainsaw, put gas in the cylinder and went to pull the thing over. And the gas that he put in there came back and burnt it. Oh, the underneath of his arm. Ouch. Yeah. You done that? Yeah. So he had like. I don't know, like first degree burns or second degree oh. burns on the underneath of his, his arm there. And, uh, so anyway, so we hiked back up in there. So he couldn't really couldn't do much with, he had one arm, right. he was a one arm bandit, you know? Oh, man. So yeah. Heather, she's not really real good in the woods. I mean, but she can get around. And so she, her and my father helped me drag this bear with the jet sled down off this mountain. And no it was, it was quite a thing. And monster. It was a 290 pound dressed clean. Holy wow. crap. Bear. Monster. Yeah. Monster. And so it, it, it actually double holds, the average. Yeah. It'll, it like holds the, the record with a muzzle loader in the state of Vermont nice. for, for, for weight. And then wow. I, I had to wait the, the 60 days to, have right. the skull measured right so i had that measured and that measures 19 even oh, on perfect. the money that's yeah. a right on it's a big one so so was, the, the 60 days is the drying period yeah yeah it's yeah. just like an antler too yeah. like your like your uh deer racks you have yeah. to wait your 60 days and right yeah that's awesome yeah congratulations yeah that's thanks that's yeah, a that's beauty, yeah, dude. pretty good feet like i i mean 
whatever it, yeah i just love doing it it's fun mm. like i just started hunting bears like five years before so like every year i've been to this spot like right it's, it's a bear spot go, right like just go there and do it <laughs> i'm like okay i'm just gonna walk up in here today and maybe i'll shoot one and then bang yeah there's one what are the numbers <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i had a full body mount done and your father actually did yeah. the mount for yeah. me yeah it's sharp yeah. yeah yeah you know i i would say that's probably your best chance of shooting a record book animal would be bear in vermont yeah. bears um and moose were for a while there like you could shoot a, a record book moose fairly easily in vermont yeah for back a long, back in the heyday yeah, yeah during the heyday it was good and we've probably seen the heyday when it comes to moose i i, th I don't think there'll ever be as many as there was then never you I know we've kind of learned that you know about a, a three quarters of a moose to maybe a moose per square mile is about the most you want and um, even in the Northeast Kingdom now, an E1, E2, those units are trying to get it down, you know, get the moose numbers down. You're, you're trying to, what, what they're trying to do is, is make the, the calf production rate maximized. You need as many cows on the land to have as many calves as possible, but not so many that they don't do well and the ticks kill a lot of the calves, right? So you're trying to keep that sweet spot between calf production and calf mortality yeah right? where you're you're having as many as you can but not too many that they infect each other with the ticks you know it's it's a host and and parasite problem speaking of ticks when you go out moose shed, shed hunting with your dogs what do you do to help with uh keep the ticks off your dogs i use uh it's uh what the heck's the name of that it's uh is it like front line where it's no, like it's a, not a front line it's a it's like a treat that i feed them for ticks um yeah. next oh. next guard Yep. Oh, yeah. Next guard is, and it, it's yep. like, I think it's the best. Like you give them, it's like a treat and you just yep. give them that oh, and yeah. it lasts a month. And, and do you use that as well or treats as well for the dogs when they find them? I definitely give them treats every time they find an antler. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's part yeah. of the incentive so, program. Yeah. Give yeah, them exactly. some motivation. Yeah. Like, oh, if I find this, dad will give me a cookie. Yeah. Right. And that's what I did the whole time when I worked with them early on was every time they brought back the antler, they get a treat. Every oh, time yeah. they find one, they give them a treat. I mean, it's right. that's that research thing yeah, yeah like and i praise yeah. them up the whole time mm -hmm. you know like yeah, yeah. when they bring it back if they find it it's a praise it's all oh, good job you know they like, would do it without it now but oh, they can do it without but it now it's still mm -hmm. yeah it's still a good idea yep. yeah yeah keep 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 the treats going like that they love it yeah yeah, yeah. and of course it's not like they're going to gain any weight because they're doing about a thousand miles in loops and circles <laughs> yeah, so they're like, burning off those calories anyway if, if i do 10 miles a day and they've done a hundred yeah they've done a lot <laughs> i'm a sure lot they warned me i'm sure they sleep good on the way home in the truck yeah they don't move yeah passed yeah. right out yeah. <laughs> yeah what are your plans with like how many sheds you got in the house man what are you doing with all these things i just the, the plan is is to is to keep them like i have been like all the nice ones you know mm -hmm. and I, I keep all the old ones too i just make a pile or hang them up in a tree or you know but i is to start making stuff with them yeah you know, and, mm -hmm. I, and I did, I did a chandelier here, here at Rodney's. He, he let me use the shop and. Yeah, that come out and, nice. Yeah. And I also did a table, like yeah. a coffee I, table I that bet came out. the table out. was cool. Yeah. The, ki the ki table came out nice. What's the going rate? Like if you want to sell them, I know a ton of people selling them. What's the going rate like for moose horns right now? It's like $24 a pound. I mean, you know what? There's really no set price, I don't think, on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's now. also probably going to change. You know, as the moose population changes in New England to find like a shed in Vermont or whatever, your price is probably going to go up because the only way that you're going to be able to get them is importing them. 
really hard yeah, to come by. Volume, so yeah, you're, you're going to have a house by. full of gold here in a minute. You know? Yeah. And that's, I'm just kind of sitting on them and just, you know, if somebody wants something made or somebody wants an antler, then I'll give it a whirl, give it a whirl here. Yeah. Like, this is the price I want. And if, if right. you say, Hey, then okay, great. Do you have, right. a, no, do you have then, like a little way that like maybe if somebody wanted to have you do something or if somebody wants to see some of the stuff that you built any place you put that stuff on like facebook or something like that i i put it on facebook but i do have a site i'm gonna start i'm gonna open up here pretty quick okay yeah and yeah I, cool. ha- I haven't got it up and running yet but i'm i'm it's on its way yeah. nice yeah. probably when you get that figured out you'll have that on facebook yeah, yeah like exactly somebody can contact you that way and get a hold of you yeah i actually yep. just started uh blacksmithing and antlers are a great handle for knife making Yep. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, people yeah. use deer antlers and stuff yep. for knives. They've been was, doing that for a long time. Yep. So I was, I'm thinking about like some of my less nicer sheds like I don't mind cutting up. Like I'll cut the tines off and use those to make some handles that, you know, not my brand new nice ones, of course. But uh, that would be another really cool thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Using them. A, a lot of guys are, are taking them. And, and just chopping them up into dog chews and stuff mm-hmm. too, yeah. you know, and right. you know, like I will, I, I, I have chopped up some antlers, but the, the antlers that I've chopped up have been like brown antlers that have been, uh, like they, maybe they had a broken off paddle yeah, or a bear got or, it or, or something or, 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 yeah, a bear got it and it was still brown and nice. Then I'll, yeah, chewed on and I'll chop them up if, yep. if someone right. wants some, you know, yep. but and I, there's a ton of things decor wise you can do with antlers. Oh, I mean, you yeah. can make yeah. shocks. I think, I think honestly, shed antlers. hunting, shed hunting is is great. You know, and, and the antlers have a little bit of value now. But I honestly think if you if you have like a decent little collection of moose antlers stuff, you should be sitting on that stuff. Kind of keep them out of the sun, keep them nice, keep them from fading, keep them dry and cold. And then like in a little while, you know, if populations dip, they're gonna be worth a lot of money. Way more. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like it's you know rather than cutting them up for a dog chew, you know, you can just use like a femur bone or something. Yeah. If you, you know, I know. Better just, off just keep them whole and it, sit yeah. on it because furniture like that and ornaments and whatever somebody just wants them or for like replacement mounts for you know all these like upscale restaurants and things like you're gonna you're gonna want to hang on yeah to some especially if you got yeah. a nice match set like you can, oh yeah match like, sets match sets are worth a lot worth of money a ton. but like do you just go to a pet supply shop like PetSmart or something and like just they'll take like a an antler and they'll cut a tine off it and that one four or five inch tine as a dog chew is 25 dollars yeah or 30 bucks i've seen them yeah, yeah or like take the pedestal you know, and cut the base off it, and that base is thirty bucks. Yeah, like especially on the like you were saying, like the nice brown ones that were already kind of chewed up, and they're not, you know, the tines are broke off or whatever, and you can turn those into something, you know, of value for you later. Like you can use that to pay for your gas for your next trip out. Exactly, you can. But if you think about how what you went through to get them. Yeah, spend like a lot of time and effort. And how much gas, time and effort to get them out, oh, yeah. carrying yeah. them out of the woods, and then it's it's a lot of legwork, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank you for having you know a little time in your schedule for us, man. Yeah. It's been a blast, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, for not bad for your per- first podcast ever. Yeah, yeah. it's my first time. I'd yeah, never been on a podcast. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're a natural. Yeah. You're our first guest yeah. too. Yeah, yeah first awesome. first one in this series. Anyone who's uh, interested in hitting you up and stuff, they'll reach out to you on Facebook, or whatever. Want to check out some of his pictures? It will post some stuff to show some of those freaking records that you got it's pretty impressive and once you get your website up we can always link that to this podcast too so they can send people over to your website and your social media so thank you guys so much for listening appreciate it and joe thanks for coming man well thank you guys for inviting me yeah fun been a lot of fun chatting with you yeah we'll have to do it again take care okay guys till next time happy hunting see ya later